Hi folks, it's Rob from the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop. For a few years, I wrote, produced, and hosted a podcast called When You Hear This Sound, a show about the weird and wonderful world of read-along record books and storybook vinyl. As my life got more and more hectic, the episodes became fewer and farther between, until finally I stopped production in April of 2016. I've decided to include these old episodes as part of the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop, not only because I'm pretty proud of them, but because I would like to occasionally put out new When You Hear This Sound episodes under the Audio Workshop banner. I still have well over 100 read-along record books in my collection, and there are a few whose story behind the story would be well worth telling. As you listen to these old episodes, please note that the show notes will not be as extensive as they originally were. The websites where the podcast was hosted are long gone, as are the original show notes. So if you want to know more about something I mentioned in the episode, check the Audio Workshop's website, spacemonkeyx.net, but you may need to do a little Googling on your own. However, if there is a book included with the record, you will be able to find scans of it at the website. So please enjoy this archived episode of When You Hear This Sound, and be sure to look for new ventures into vinyl here at the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop in the future. Hello, boys and girls. I'm your Peter Pan storyteller. This is the story of the last starfighter. This is the story of gremlins. This is the story of Tron. This is the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is the story of the Empire Strikes Back. You can read along with me in your book. You can follow the story along with me. Every time you hear this sound. Every time you hear this sound. Turn the pages when you hear this sound. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the computer sound like this. Let's begin, let's begin now. Christmas in the stars, Christmas in the stars, what a merry Christmas this will be. Season's greetings, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of When You Hear This Sound. I'm your host, Rob Lamley. Ah, Christmas in Star Wars. The two go together like cat hair and banana pudding, like the GOP on Obamacare, like Miley Cyrus and twerking. Over the years, there have been dozens of bad Christmas tie-in products to a galaxy far, far away, including the infamously awful 1978 Star Wars holiday special that aired in prime time on CBS. You would think George Lucas would have learned his lesson after that disaster, but he signed off on another questionable Yuletide project just a few years later, with the album we're going to check out today, 1980's Christmas in the Stars. Christmas in the Stars was the brainchild of Miko Minardo, an Italian-American musician who got his start playing trombone as a studio band member in the 1960s. Later, he began doing horn arrangements for pop music acts, and even played the now-famous trombone solo on Diana Ross's 1980 hit, I'm Coming Out. But what Minardo is best known for is his 1977 album, Star Wars and Other Galactic Funk, which featured disco-infused remakes of the Star Wars soundtrack. After 
After seeing the movie four times in two days, Minardo gathered his friends Tony Bongiovi and Harold Wheeler, and the trio produced other galactic funk in just three weeks. The album took off, reaching number 13 on the U.S. pop charts. However, the medley from the album, titled Star Wars Theme Slash Cantina Band, hit number one on the Billboard charts, and went on to become the best-selling instrumental single in history, selling over two million copies. It was even nominated for a Grammy in the Instrumental Pop Performance category, but lost to John Williams' non-funkified original film score. Following the success of Other Galactic Funk, Monardo would go on to Mikoize more iconic soundtracks, including Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Wizard of Oz, Superman. And a few songs from The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But his funky formula never quite struck the same level of Zeke Gold again. However, that didn't stop Miko from trying. Sometime in early 1980, Minardo wrote George Lucas a nine-page letter pitching his idea for a Star Wars Christmas album. After feeling like he got burned for giving CBS free reign over the TV holiday special, Lucas called Minardo to talk about the idea and to lay down a few ground rules. Ultimately, though, he agreed to let Minardo do the album. Lucas even lent quite a bit of support to Monardo's efforts. For example, he gave the production full use of the official sound effects for R2-D2 and Chewbacca. He also convinced visionary concept artist Ralph McQuarrie to paint the album cover, featuring R2-D2 and C-3PO and other droids in an old-fashioned toy workshop. This helped illustrate the concept for the album, that the droids were helping S-Claus, Santa's son, build toys for all the good little boys and girls in that quadrant of the galaxy. And finally, Lucas helped get Anthony Daniels, the actor who portrays C-3PO, on board with the production. Daniels was flown in on the Concorde and recorded his entire part for the album in one day, getting him back to London in time to appear in a play the following night. Lucas also gave his support in a less conventional manner when, during one day of recording, he sent over an actor dressed as Darth Vader to, quote, oversee production. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode for some fun photos from Vader's visit. The album was recorded in New York City at The Power Station, now called Avatar Studios, often considered one of the finest acoustic environments for recording in the world. Acts such as Aerosmith, The Clash, Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young, John Lennon, and David Bowie have all recorded albums there since its opening in 1977. During the production, Bernardo was having a hard time finding the right singing voice for one of the songs, R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. That's when his producing partner and Power Station's owner, Tony Bongiovi, suggested giving his 17-year-old nephew, John, a chance at the part. John had aspirations to be a musician, and had taken a job sweeping the floor at his uncle's studio just so he could be around the industry, but had never actually recorded anything yet. Once Minardo heard John sing, he knew he'd found the voice he was looking for, giving John Bon Jovi, who would later take the stage name John Bon Jovi, his very first recording credit. Merry Christmas! We hope our little message gets to you. 
The album was released in November 1980 with an initial pressing of 150,000 copies. It sold well, and one of its singles, What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb, reached number 69 on the Billboard charts. Thanks to Swift sales, a second pressing was in the works until the record label RSO unexpectedly closed its doors during a legal dispute with their biggest act, the Bee Gees. While RSO and the Gibb brothers were battling things out in court, it meant that no additional pressings of Christmas and the Stars could be made despite demand, capping its success at 150,000 copies. The rights remained under legal lock and key until Polygram Records took over the RSO catalog a few years later. Polygram subsequently sold the album to Lucasfilm, who licensed a CD release in 1996 by Rhino Records, which marks the last time the album has been made commercially available. However, now that Disney owns everything in the Star Wars vault, it's hard to say if we've seen the last of Christmas and the Stars. Before we go over to the album, I'd just like to extend to all of you out there a happy holidays and a very happy new year. And thanks for listening as I've slowly but surely gotten this show off the ground. I hope you'll stick around in 2014, too, as I have some exciting vintage record books and storybook vinyl to bring you. I've expanded my collection quite a bit over the last year to include titles like The Dark Crystal, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, The Last Starfighter, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Planet of the Apes, Godzilla, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Tron, The Black Hole, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Transformers. I even have some new Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, Wonder Woman, and The Justice League, as well as Disney classics like The Fox and the Hound, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey and the Beanstalk, Davy Crockett, and yes, even more Star Wars albums. The list goes on and on. So be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app, and tell your friends about us while you're at it. Thanks again for supporting when you hear this sound, and now my holiday gift to you from a galaxy far, far away, RSO Records' 1980 release, Christmas in the Stars. Oh my stars, I've never been so busy before. It seems Christmas arrives sooner each year.
if they all have marked the date, and if none of them is late, we'll have our greatest of Christmases this year. Silly friend is the sound of bells. What are bells? I cannot believe the question. It's like, what is indigestion? Not that bells and indigestion are the same. I cannot believe the query. To ask, what is Einstein's theory compared to what are bells seems almost tame. What is indigestion? Who is Einstein? Are two really? Before you ask me who is H.G. Wells, I will help your education with a simple explanation of bells. Bells? Bells. What was all that? All that was the verse. A verse always comes before the chorus. Japanese. You know what Japanese are. 
What are the odds this time of year of getting a Christmas snow? A gift that pleases, a case of the sneezes, or a kiss neath a mistletoe? You doubt the odds against Christmas cards finding each friend on your list, or getting a box of oversized socks, but you don't stop to think about this. Christmas could have so easily been the day they invented the wheel, or the day Bad King John was so put upon that the Magna Carta was sealed. They could have discovered America on December the 25th, or snow could have fallen, or nothing at all, and we'd never have known what we missed. The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to 1. Christmas, you see, could have easily never ever begun. The odds against Christmas being Christmas, against love being born at all, were so very large that all of the rod should seem terribly, terribly small. You have to remember, when you're in December, that you're at the close of a year. What would you have done if time had run out before Christmas was here? I'd like to point out that the odds against adding an extra month are 92 million to three. You cannot put locks on all the clocks or chain father time to a tree. But whatever the odds this time of year, humans should never complain. Whether caught in the crush of a Christmas rush, or the snow, or the sleet, or the rain, Whole galaxies in distant worlds would change places with any of you because you have a day when love came to stay though it nearly didn't come true The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to 1 bung, bung, Christmas you see could have easily never ever begun Lucky we were. The odds against Christmas being Christmas are 365 to 1. Christmas, you see, could have.
If you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. Converter isn't complete yet. It isn't finished. Lock in your circuits again quickly. More. There's a kind of feeling when you sing a melody. 
the loveliest thing that you can do to make your voice sound grand. These difficult things are the things you never will understand. If you could only give it a try and see if it grew, your voice would look like a feather and we'd sing together our tune. Just get your circuits buzzing, a mere half dozen will do. If you can get them ringing, then we all will be singing with you. Now sing, our tune. That's a good start, but try putting the notes where they belong. Again. Good, that's much better. But never give up till you know that you're singing a perfect song. We know that you can do it if you get through with our tune. Your every friend is better, there's a great duet inside you. Don't give up now, you're flying so high, you're up in the blue. Just keep that music coming and soon we'll be humming with you. Let me see now. Yes, just imagine someone who does not know how to laugh. Could you teach him how to do it with a photograph? Or a diagram of the human brain or some such silly scheme? No, but tickle his funny bone and watch him scream. <laughs> well, the same is true of music, as I think you see. It's a little more than someone saying, do ring me. It's a little like jumping out in space with no firm ground below. Let's give it the best that you have, maybe up and away you'll go. The time is now, we're showing you how it's over to you. Your voice will pop like a feather, let's all sing together our tune. Come take that chance, that physical dance, don't time for review. And with those notes you're bringing us, we all will be singing with you. Now you try it, Artu. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, to who? Take a guess, yes, yes. 
dash away, dash away all. And I heard him exclaim as he sped out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Christmas, everyone. Who are you? Why, I'm S. Claus, of course. Wait a minute. There is no image man with creepy old psyche wearing the round little belly shaped like jelly. Look, he's putting on a red suit. But where's the beard? You know, I think you have me confused with Santa Claus. I'm his son. There are far too many children in the galaxies for one clause to handle. So I help him bring toys to all the children. Do you really bring toys to all of them? Every single one. But what about droids? Will we get toys too? Not exactly. But even though you don't know it, every time you build a toy, you've already been given a gift. What does he mean? I think he means Christmas. But, Mr. Claus... Pardon me for asking, but what does Christmas really mean? Could you explain it to us? Of course. I would be happy to. The meaning of Christmas. Christmas is a time for joy. Christmas is a world of snow. Christmas is your own face shining with a special glow. And as any child can see, Christmas needs a Christmas tree, blinking tiny lights with family close at rings on every door, Christmas carols by the score, Christmas is a time for peace and love, when we say, I Not only this year, but every year, as far back as anyone can remember, and way into the future, for different peoples, on different planets, but the best Christmas gift is always the same. I can 
So you see, the happiness your toys bring to children all over the galaxy is your gift. Not a feeling can compare to a moment filled with care. For a gift of love will live and ever Someday, every day will be like Christmas. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> 